This is an AMI podcast. Hey there, Brock Richardson here, host of the Neutral Zone on AMI Audio. Can't find the stories you're looking for on parasports and athletes? Time to join me and my panel of sports enthusiasts as we discuss the big plays, the big trades, and whatever's making headlines in the para and pro sports world. Check out the Neutral Zone today on your favorite podcasting app or platform. Hi everyone, welcome back to Outdoors with me, Lawrence Gunther. In today's episode, we've got Miss Lily going to school us on some critter stuff. That's all she would tell me. It's something about critters, which got me thinking about camp and spending time at camp and out in the outdoors and some fond memories. You know, it's the end of summer. So I gave my friend a call, Eugene Chong. He's the general manager of the CNIB Lake Joseph Center. I wanted to find out what's going on up there. I know they were closed because of the uh, pandemic, but that didn't stop them, as we're going to find out. They went virtual, and they've been doing a lot of other things, some new things, upgrading some old things, and some more projects in the works. We're going to hear all about that. And what would camp for blind, low vision, and deafblind be if it didn't incorporate a lot of really cool tech? Low tech, high tech. We're going to hear what they've got going on on that front as well. I'll meet you back at the campsite. Getting schooled with Miss Lily. Hey, Lily. What you got for us today? I had rats. Oh, yeah, I remember those things. Uh, not fondly, but uh, it was okay. You Why? Why are you bringing up rats? You love them. All right. <laughs> well, there's a rat in Cambodia who just got awarded a mini gold medal for life saving work. What? It rescues avalanche victims or digs people out of, uh, you know, when there's an earthquake or something? What's it do? How do they get an award like that? It digs up active landmines in Cambodia. No way. It sniffs them out. It doesn't actually do the digging, but it sniffs them out. It does? Yeah. No way. How does it do that? Well, they put it on a little leash. Yeah? And they walk around where they think there's landmines, different terrains. It's trained to um, scratch the ground where there's a landmine, like sniff it out. No way. Yeah, and they're not, and they're small enough so they won't detonate it because I know they used to use dogs for that, but that did not work out so well. Dogs, no, and the people dogs are too, too heavy. Yeah, so they've trained this rat to just go out in the field and sniff out landmines and bombs and things like that. Yeah, he's found over forty landmines. Really? Yeah. In Cambodia. Cambodia. Well, that was a big scene of a lot of war activity for a long time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So when he finds when he scratches the ground, yeah. so people won't know where to dig, dig it up, as rewarded, he had a huge piece of watermelon. No. They like watermelon? They like everything. Well, what did you feed your rats? I, I, don't... I fed my rats a lot. I fed them apples, chocolate. They love chocolate. Yeah. Pancakes, eggs, a lot, everything. Most, pretty much everything I ate, I gave them the leftovers. Well, I have to admit that when you wanted to get rats as pets, I was not in favor of that idea. I mean, I always think of rats as being sort of no, they're you so know, smart vermin. though. They're some of the cleanest animals. Yeah, they were pretty interesting. They're they... so clean and they're so smart, and you can train them to like use a litter box. 
And you did. The amount of games you introduced into their living environment. I mean, you always yeah, had to keep them uh, mentally stimulated. I always thought that was interesting. We love those rats. At some point, there was like five living in our house. Well, you, yeah, you and your sister had one. Your yeah. brother had so one. So I had, I had Pepper. My, Theo had Meatball. <laughs> my sister had Dumbo and Fuzzy Peach. Yeah. And Fuzzy Peach was naked. Fuzzy Peach didn't have any fur. Hairless. She was a hairless rat. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we had a lot of rats. Yeah, we had that, that female by mistake. That was a big mistake. We thought it was a boy. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. We're not going there. Oh, well, that's okay. So rats, I mean, uh, I'm learning that, you know, they are their pets and they're also, they're giving back to humanity. It's amazing. I mean, I always think of rats as carrying plagues, right? And the uh, the start of uh, all the big plagues in, in London and the bubonic plague and all that. But, you know, it turns out they can do good things too. No, rats are great. I love rats. They're, hey. so, they're super smart. Thanks, Lily. Yeah. Time for the bucket list. We've got Eugene Chong. He is the general manager of the CNIB Lake Joseph Center. You know, this is a place that's been on my bucket list for many years now. I mean, I spent my first year up there as a counselor, 1982. Folks, I've given away my age, and I've been going back ever since, volunteering and just having such a great time there and working on the board and, you know, getting fishing going and taking people fishing. And let's catch up with Eugene and see what's going on. Eugene, welcome to uh, the podcast here. Hey, Lawrence. Thanks for having me. It's great to be on. So you've had a virtual year in 2020. Well, obviously, the year didn't turn out the way we had hoped or had envisioned. Um, but, you know, we were able to really transition and take our programming virtually and, and keep people connected through these challenging times. And it's actually become a mainstay in our programming year-round. So we're going to be doing things virtually here on out. Of course, when we're able to finally welcome people back, there will be in-person programs. But... Yeah, this is a great way to keep people connected. That's a fantastic idea. You know, people come for their physical uh, time at Lake Joe, and then, you know, the other 50 weeks a year, they can, you know, be involved with Lake Joe in other ways. It's 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 a nice way to keep people connected and thinking of Lake Joe as, as their, you know, number one bucket list destination for sure. And what we found is even if people haven't been at the camp at the same time, they have a common experience and a shared experience that they're able to, you know, talk about and connect with. So, you know, I, I think there have been a lot of new friendships forged uh, virtually that are hopefully going to turn into in-person relationships uh, when the camp is finally open. Talk to us about some of the, uh, the experiences that are ongoing and some of the ones that you've put in place recently. Yeah, um, again, we have some of the popular activities that we've always offered here at Lake Joe from tubing to water skiing to campfires, uh, you know, tandem cycling. There's just a whole variety, a full suite of programs that people can participate in based on their, you know, activity levels and comfort levels. Uh, as for some of the new programming, we've really sort of expanded on some of the past experiences. So outdoor cooking is definitely one of the popular activities we like to do around the campfire. Um, but what we've done is added an outdoor pizza oven. So now we can step up our uh, culinary game and really offer these experiences to our guests. What about some of the buildings and facilities? you got a new boathouse, I understand. About 2018, 2017, um, we got a call at the camp and somebody said, hey, we've got a boathouse we'd like to donate. And at first we're like, uh, do you want to build a boathouse for us? And no, they're like, no, we physically have a boathouse. 
we'd like to, you know, give to the camp. And they were calling us from Lake Rosso, which is another lake connected to the chain of Muskoka Lakes here. Yeah. And they said they'd float it over to us if we were interested. So it is a beautiful wood-clad um, structure with cedar shingles and and uh, copper trim. Um, so they floated it over. It took it was a two-day project where they f- took a day to float it from the north end of R- Lake Rosso down to um, the swing bridge down in Port Sandfield, yeah. and then another full day to s- float it up to the camp through the support of Lions Clubs and other organizations like Canadian Tire. We were able to finally get a new d- boathouse installed and expanded the dock area. So the dock itself is uh, doubled in size so that we can increase the programming around the water. Nice. And uh, even had a water slide installed. Oh, so yeah, man. This past year, Ontario Trillium Foundation sort of sponsored a a grant for us to redo the acoustic um, treatments in our dining hall and lounge. So for those people who are coming back to Lake Joe, they'll have a virtually new building to enjoy uh, and it is quite nice. So for quite some time now, we've been planning to offer services and programs year-round. So our our camp is nearly fully winterized, and soon we'll be able to offer programming for people when the snow flies. And as Canadians, we know when the snow flies, it's not as though our world stops. It actually gets richer and more uh, exciting. So that we're excited to be able to do that. Talk to me about some of the watercraft you got going on down there. I know we got paddle boats and canoes. What else you got? Yeah, so uh, one thing that has really sort of taken off is uh, stand-up paddle boards. Oh. And so we've got a few stand-up paddle boards in the area. Kayaks tended to always be a popular activity. We still have our big Voyager canoe, which is a 20-passenger canoe that uh, large groups can paddle around the lake. Um, sailboats. We are doing and experiment, uh, experimenting with doing longer paddling. I know that was one of the things that people have mentioned, uh, past guests have mentioned to me that for whatever reason has fallen off in the last few years. But we're looking and planning some really longer paddles. Uh, actually, in fact, the other day, uh, my st- myself and a couple of staff hopped in a couple of uh, kayaks and, and did a route to see what it, how long it would take to paddle to a, a local park or an area where we could have like a little picnic lunch or breakfast, early morning breakfast, and then be able to paddle back and see how we can work that into our programming. We're really going to be expanding a lot of the outdoor adventure programs that we're doing uh, from doing um, hiking adventures to different sites and, and locales around Muskoka to doing these um, you know, longer paddles at the camp. Uh, we've even sort of this past year wanted to incorporate an adult adventure week. And what that would entail is a multi-day canoe trip in, uh, into Algonquin Park, followed up uh, with like a whitewater rafting trip down the Ottawa River. You know, that was a program that we offered for juniors, our youth programs. And when I was going around telling people about this program for youth, uh, we had a few of the adults who were like, hey, hold on. How come, you, you know, we don't get any of those experiences? So, you know, we heard their voices and said, yeah, why not? So um, an adult adventure program came, came to be. And this year, the 2020 was supposed to be the first year of offering that program. Uh, but we've had to put it off. Yeah. And it's not a bad program to introduce in 2021, which will be our 60th anniversary. So we're pretty excited about that. Very cool. And you've got the ski boat. you got a wake boat or a ski boat. Yeah, so it's a bow rider that we've turned into a ski boat. Uh, okay. I think Lake Joe in the past has actually had a dedicated ski boat um, that was the right sort of power and size to offer 
uh, water skiing. Yeah. Uh, we had in, I believe it was around 2015, uh, got a, we had to retire the ski boat and then we got a bow rider, uh, which served its purpose for a couple of years. And, and unfortunately it was challenging to do any sort of water skiing off of it because we just didn't have the proper equipment yeah. to offer that. But we had a ski tower retrofitted to the boat in 2018. And so now we're proud to say we're able to offer wakeboarding and water skiing to our campers. That's fantastic. That's always been so popular there. And if you're not that adventurous, you still got that big pontoon boat, I guess? Oh, yeah. That's uh, definitely a popular activity yeah. for groups to do touring around the lake. Uh, we love taking them out on the lake and just going and visiting different areas around Lake Joseph. And one of the popular destinations that we've sort of brought back is um, people have always talked about an ice cream pontoon where people would get to go cruise and have ice cream mm-hmm. on the pontoon boat. So we sort of stepped it up and we said, yeah, let's do an ice cream pontoon. So what we do is actually take them to a different part of the lake, and uh, it's down at Foots Bay. Um, they have Shaw's, which is this ice cream parlor slash candy shop. And uh, we take the group down there, and they get to enjoy an ice cream or candies, whatever they sort of choose, on their beautiful patio overlooking Lake Joseph. And it's become a really popular activity. Again, one of the things that we pride ourselves here at Lake Joe is really integrating our programming with the community around us. So if that means, you know, we're taking groups to the farmer's market, that's a thing. We're taking them to local attractions. We do that as well. Um, and even supporting local businesses because Lake Joe is a part of the community up here and, and we're really doing our, our part in ensuring that we're able to share these experiences with our, with our guests and also support the community around us. 60 years, uh, you're, you're not only a part of the community, you are the community. <laughs> hey, There's I mean, so many stories about the camp from people who've grown up around here and oh, how yeah. you know, they've been a part of Lake Joe. And that's one of the things that we really enjoy doing is, is speaking to people and, and, and listening to their stories. So many people have mentioned, you know, when we were younger, we used to volunteer there. Yeah, or, you know, there I had a parent who used to go there or an aunt yeah. or an uncle. It's, it's, it's an amazing space. Well, and all the, all the people that live around there, a cottage around there, a lot of their kids have worked there. Mm-hmm. And you got the uh, fishing boat. Yes, our blind fishing boat. So it's a Lund tiller. It's an 18-foot. It's an absolutely beautiful boat to fish out of, uh, fully accessible for our groups. Um, that's definitely one of the pastimes I, I have and I enjoy sharing with others. And we've introduced guided fishing on the lake here, and we take groups out, uh, families and adults and even children, to go fishing and, and chase some, my, some of my favorite species, which are smallmouth bass, and this lake is a great fishing lake. Uh, oh, yeah. Just don't share that with a lot of people. I know. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a great lake, but I don't think it gets a lot of fishing pressure. Oh, not at all. No. Like, uh, oftentimes we're out on the lake, there's a lot of pleasure boaters, yeah. uh, but not too many people who are actually fishing, and no. what a beautiful resource to have access to for our campers. Well, you know, when I organized the donation of that Lund fishing boat back in, uh, I think it was 2015 or something like that, mm-hmm. it was... Um, you know, yeah, I thought, well, this is a great way to get people beyond fishing those cribs off the fishing dock mm-hmm. there and for panfish and getting them into the smallmouth and the lake trout because yeah. they're out there. And, uh, you know, start with the little ones, get everyone catch a little fish and then go after some of the bigger fish and uh, so they'll have some stories to tell. And it really is uh, 
a great opportunity. No windshield on this boat, folks. You get the full f- effect of the wind in your face, and it it, yeah, it shoots and, along and pretty and nice. Moves. Yeah, yeah, the boat boogies. That's <laughs> it's a great experience. Sometimes yeah. uh, we just like taking people out for a ride in it because you get the full experience of you know yeah. running down the lake and having the wind flowing through your hair. Um, you know, actually, we had a, in 2019. I was able to take a gentleman out fishing, and he had been an avid bass fisherman for years. And yeah, yeah. After he lost his uh, vision, oh, he wow. just sort of stopped altogether. And when I took him out, he's just like, "This is just." It's been the first time in over 15 years that he's gone bass fishing. Good. And sure enough, he was able to land a nice chunky uh, four pounder, and then was just thrilled and and just wouldn't stop talking about for the rest of his stay. So those are the experiences that we want to be able to provide people, you know, just saying, hey, it's just we're doing it differently now. You know, you don't have to stop. It's just different. And that boat has, you know, three fishing seats in it. They're beautiful bucket seats that turn around so you don't even have to get out of your chair to fish you can just face yeah. forward when you're running and then just turn to the side and fish off the side and of the boat. line yeah that's line. exactly yeah. right yeah. And, yeah you know it's it's and some people like to stand i myself i i tend to stand and fish and yeah, you're a bass man end, but for others <laughs> if they just want to have a nice relaxing yeah. day on the boat it's just it, it it allows for so much variety and there's a lot of room being a tiller yeah there's just so much room for people to move around and mm-hmm. sometimes it can get a little hairy having three lines in the water at the same time and when one gets on and we're trying to get other lines in it, it could be a little hairy but that i think that adds to the excitement because everybody's just involved in that whole experience so it's it's quite amazing my favorite time to go up there and help out for a week is when it's deaf blind week and take a bunch of deaf blind people fishing over that yeah, weekend, sure. they're they are such great anglers, you know. They really focus in on the uh, angling and the feeling, the bite. That's just oh, fantastic. Yeah. But you know what? We're letting fishing dominate this. I know. Let's talk a little <laughs> bit about the terrestrial world. You've got uh, you've got a new court, I understand that you built. Uh, I, I'm sorry. You got a new court that was built. Oh yeah. So you know, fortunately, we've had so many generous uh, supporters of Lake Joe and and Canadian Tire really stepped up and donated uh, to getting us a new sports court. Uh, originally, we had a pad that sort of did multi-activities. It was a shuffleboard court that mm-hmm. was multi. It turned into a basketball and multi-sports pad. Um, and then we said, look, is there a way we can really expand more land sport opportunities for people? And when the funding came through, we really looked at our options and said, while we don't, while we want to increase opportunities for land sports, we don't want to take any other, other opportunities away from people. Hmm. So we were able to actually build a sports court that allows us to do basketball, tennis, um, you know, basketball, tennis, just so many other courts, yeah, sports, yeah, yeah. Uh, volleyball if we chose to do so. And then we were able to then also refresh our shuffleboard court with this brand new surface nice. and it's a highly uh, tactile and high contrast um, surface where we can and it's low impact so for example if anybody were to you know f- trip or fall or hit the ground for whatever reason it absorbs a lot of that so it's not like falling on f- concrete and uh, we were able to increase the opportunities down right by the waterfront so that sits right by the old manager's cabin, and okay. it's a popular destination for many. Yeah. Um, and it's even got a rebound, this really cool rebound um, fence where if you wanted to maybe hit a ball or throw a ball, uh, you can throw it at the fence and it'll bounce it right back so it returns it right to you. What's coming up, Eugene? 
Well, right now we're in the process of, uh, you know, we've had a lot of generous donors who are really interested in helping us build our adventure programming. And one of the things that we're really excited to introduce to our camp is an adventure zone, which includes even the building of a climbing tower. So we're in the process of sort of planning it out, mapping it out. We don't have a hard deadline date of when that will be, but we're hoping to be able to introduce people to climbing or reintroduce people to climbing here at Lake Joe. That's very cool. We're talking with Eugene Chong. He's the general manager of the CNIB Lake Joseph Center. Eugene, talk to us about some of the techie stuff you got up there for those people who love the electronics and uh, and some of the low-tech things that are just really doing well for people with low vision or no vision to make sure that they have a fully accessible experience. We obviously want to encourage people to enjoy the outdoors and, and really spend their time in nature and be mindful of the environment they're in. But we know in this day and age, technology is part of everything we do. And for a large part, accessible technology is what we like to celebrate here at Lake Cho. So one of the things we have on, on site is we are a blind square training facility. So we've got blind square beacons and we're geo-mapped to be able to use BlindSquare, which is this accessible oh, orientation yeah, yeah. Um, app, and really allow people to explore the site using this technology. Nice. The cool thing about that is we've actually integrated within it these Easter eggs, so it becomes like a uh, scavenger hunt oh, yeah. that you can use this technology and really figure out how to use it, but also engage it in a fun and interactive way. So that's become a popular activity. We do that, and it's sort of a week-long thing where you learn how to use the tech if you're interested to do so, and then you go around and explore the site in a whole different way. So tech is definitely something we've done for those people who just want to kick back and enjoy sort of, you know, it's a hot afternoon and want to enjoy sort of putting their legs up. We also have a brand-new, you know, 60-inch, I think it's a 60-inch television that's in our refreshed rec hall. So I'm not sure if you're aware, in 2018, we completely gutted our rec hall, which is our multi-purpose sort of yeah. venue space, and totally refinished it inside. And we've included a lounging area that offers a TV. So, again, we have a lot of avid sports fans who come up who want to maybe hear and or watch the uh, Blue Jays game, and we can turn that on to those rainy days where people just want to sit back and have a cozy sort of movie day in. Yeah. We offer that space there as well. It's got music making in that space, art making. Uh, we've got pottery wheels and a kiln in the in the rec hall area. And one of the coolest, the newest, uh, new additions to that rec hall, we've got a table sport that, is, uh, that was built for us. And it's showdown, power showdown. Huh. It was a table sport that sort of blends table hockey and ping pong. And it's a um, fully accessible table sport that no was created way. and invented actually in Canada, but, but really took off elsewhere in the States and in Europe. But we've got one here at Lake Joe that people can play around with and, and really learn this this table sport that was originally sort of designed for people with sight loss. So it's pretty cool. That's super cool. Is the mini putt still around? We do have our mini putt yeah, in our area. Yeah. And it's, it's another popular destination for families and our adults. Uh, youth are, you know, it comes and goes. They're yeah, like, yeah, yeah mini putt, they'll go and maybe putt around. It's a nine-hole nine course, yeah. uh, and it sits there in a beautiful area of the camp. Um, it's definitely something that was going to be a mainstay in our program. We're actually thinking about refreshing it and sort of doing uh, and adding some new elements to it. 
and maybe even relocating the mini putt area to a different part of the camp just so it makes it a little bit more central in what we do. Hmm. But I've heard so many stories of people who've held their own sort of version of the Masters, the green jacket that gets shared with people <laughs> at, at, at camp, and it's definitely something that is a favorite pastime of ours. What's cool in that area is we've included the, in, I believe it was 2019, we introduced archery at Lake Joe. Wow. So we ended up building an archery range and at, at the camp, and it allows people to come and, and to shoot some arrows and really sort of engage with this new sport, and well, new to us sport, and it's something that's really picked up. Uh, people love shooting the targets, and, you know, we put balloons up so that people can hit the balloons and hear the balloon pop. Uh, and to really help with some people, perhaps with low vision, as as we've also added a bell behind the target area so that, you know, audit, you can sort of focus in and, and own in from an audit, audio perspective, auditory perspective, and shoot towards the target. So it's it's something for everyone from, you know, our youngest visitors all the way to those who are in their golden years. So it's a popular activity we do here at Lake, Lake Joe. Good for all ages. Eugene, thank you so much for joining us on Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther. And, uh, man, I look forward to coming up there and uh, checking out all this new tech and toys and things you've you've been implementing, man. You've been busy. Good stuff, sir. Good stuff. Oh, thank you. Yeah, definitely come back, and maybe you and I will be able to hit the water finally. Oh, you count on it. Not everything is made accessible. You know, we talk about universal design, but universal means it's good for most people in many ways and not so good in other ways for a lot of people either. You know, sometimes you have to do something a little bit more specific, and CNIB Lake Joe is something like that. It it really offers a specific, tailored set of activities that can introduce you to a whole bunch of new lifestyle choices, right? Like outdoors. I mean, we're all really good at technology and we're all, you know, depending on technology and talking books and talking computers and, you know, talking phones and all of that stuff and braille keyboards. But um, sometimes it's good to put that stuff away and just get outside and get dirty and, you know, get wet and smell and feel nature and hear nature. CNIP Lake Joseph Center can offer that. That's why I thought it was important to make that connection with CNIB. I've been, you know, a camp counselor there in 1982, I mentioned, and, you know, I was involved when I was in the government at Industry Canada. I helped bring the internet into Lake Joe for the first time. We got the money for that, and computers put in there would help that happen. Then I got the boat put in there, the flying fishing boat. Got that donated back, uh, it was 2014 or so, because I love fishing and I wanted to share that. And it just goes on and on, right? I mean, there's no shortage of things to do at CNIB Lake Joe. I mean, you heard it from Eugene Chong himself. They keep expanding their offerings, and and it just gets richer and richer. So put it on your bucket list, folks, and we'll circle back to Eugene, and we'll keep in touch with him and keep you abreast of new uh, offerings as they come up. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit me at lawrencegunther.com to keep up to date on my blogs and videos. Subscribe to get the latest episodes of Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther by visiting your favorite podcast provider. We're dropping new episodes every Friday, folks. And please take some time to rank us and give us some comments on your podcast provider's site so other people will learn about our new show. Send me your feedback, suggestions, and questions on email at feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at AMIAudio. I want to thank Nazreen Abdel-Majid, Sam Robinson, and Paula Deneen. They're my technicians. 
The manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.